Welcome to Coach's Corner with your host, Ryan Watson nope, and Jonathan Horton. I'm just letting you know I'm going to hate it. going to hate it? Yeah. All right, here we go now. Get behind that line. We're going to do it right. Do it right. Do it light. Let's go. You good to go now? Let's do it live. Do it live. As he's drinking a beer. God. Right. <laughs> I'm on vacation, bitch. Welcome to the... All right, well, I may include that then in the show. Welcome to the vacation version of the Coach's Corner. <laughs> Maybe not since you said vacation, bitch. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. So welcome to the Coach's Corner with your host, Ryan Watson and Jonathan Bourne, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Find all of our great content at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Jonathan, I, you know, vacation holidays are here. Usually the, the big Thursday games are what people look forward to in the NFL. Don't know if we'll have the whole full slate based on COVID and everything like this. Hopefully the Titans continue to escape the COVID news that's been coming out of Baltimore since the Titans left town. So we'll see what happens there. But, hey, back on the winning tracks. Got to feel good. Seven and three, right? Technically tied with the Colts atop the AFC South. Oh, yeah. And seven and three is so much better than six and four. I put out a tweet last week talking about how the Titans were a six team staring down the barrel of six and five um so you know definitely more exciting to be proven wrong on that um the titans as always kind of made it a little tougher on themselves but ultimately i think that may have been the cleanest game they had played in a while obviously um they had to deal with a lot of different things a lot of different elements with the missing offensive linemen Mm -hmm. uh Tannehill was a little um we've been talking about on this show about his quote unquote regression. I only hesitate to even call it a regression because that's such a narrative and people thinking that he's still playing well, uh, but not just, Oh my God, this is the greatest quarterback that's ever played this football game. When you have a, you have an expected level of, of outcome to the play. And not that that we anyone thought that it was sustainable because he was just on a historic pace for a for a while, but you didn't expect the big drop off, and there hasn't really been the big, big drop off, but there still has been some, what I would call uncharacteristic Titans version of Tannehill that's been coming out, and what we mean by that is is that that missing some passes just by a little bit, a little high, a little low. If he's on target, he usually zips it in there, and it's usually pretty good. We'll get to the interception here in a minute because I don't put that all on him, but he did rush it a little bit with good reason, and we'll cover that in just a second. But uh, first of all, before we get to that, I wanted to mention, you mentioned uh, offensive linemen being out and everything. How about Aaron Brewer coming in and getting the surprise? I'm going to call it the surprise start because I think everyone in there – and the analyst world expected uh, Douglas to get the start there at guard. He had been the main one to come in for most positions and back up at this point. And I'll, I'll give my opinion why here in a second, but it's kind of nice to see the Texas state uh, product come in there and get the start. Yeah, he played really well. I mean, also, I mean, Jamil Douglas, I mean, he, he definitely had an impact on the game though. He had one play and he snaps the ball over the court, uh, over the, you know what? I'm, bl- I'm blocking bad things out of my head. Cause I, I have a tweet about that during the game as well that I just completely, yeah, but th- th- that leads me into why I, what I think, <laughs> why he didn't get the start. And I hate that they did that. Cause they, well, let's just dive into it. So they put Douglas in for one play after Ben Jones gets poked in the eye and they run a wildcat out of the shotgun. Now I don't disagree with running the wildcat at all, especially with Derrick Henry, because he's a beast to, to run that out of. But Douglas then snaps it 10 feet over his head. Now, I'm maybe exaggerating a little bit, but when Derrick Henry seems like as as big as he is, it takes a lot to get over his head. And it's just just a lot to ask your backup center, who's not typically a primary center, 
to come in and do that. I just disagree with the timing of the call. Maybe get let him get into the game rhythm before you make him ask to hit a target like that as he's trying to block. Yeah, I mean, so, so many different things there. I mean, the coach in me says, okay, you say hit a target. I say, I mean, it's not like he was having to hit a window with blanket coverage 20 yards down the field. It's like you're snapping, you're doing a shotgun snap. If you're the backup center, you should be able to do a shotgun snap. I, I don't agree disagree. with those elements. I also agree that Derrick Henry probably should have caught that ball. Um, but, it, you know, it's an ongoing joke here about Derrick Henry not being a <laughs> uh, natural receiver. Uh, I didn't expect that to come out while trying to handle a snap. But right. um, I do think if Tannehill's in the game, he probably fields that snap. Yeah, just a calamity of errors from execution and coaching decisions, in my opinion. There. It wasn't. Yeah, I think based on that, I don't want to put on on just one person, but just it was bad timing. I'll say at the very least for that play call, and it was a tad high. The snap was, and the, and the adrenaline was definitely flowing for Douglas. He's coming out there. He wants to make an impact right away. He's got to not only because center's tough. I mean, I'm sorry, it is the toughest position on the offensive line because of all the calls you have to make. Because especially if you're shotgun snapping or snapping in general, you have to snap while also taking a step and process processing what's all happening in front of you and make these instant reactions. So that's why I'm saying that his adrenaline was kicking, which is why the snap was high. And he, he had just been, I've been seen on the sideline. He might've practiced some shotgun snaps, but he just right before it came out was practicing under center snaps with Tannehill. And then they come out and do that. So that's, that was my issue. If you're going to have shotgun snaps and he should have been over there practicing shotgun snaps, snaps as much as he could, knowing that was the first play, maybe they changed it after you go. Anyway, coach may not be thinking that through, I don't know, but that was just my only issue with it. I would have preferred that maybe a player two later. Yeah, I mean, you, you also having to call out uh, the the blocking scheme and any sort of protection scheme there. I mean, you're going to make adjustments uh, based on how the defense is, defense aligns, and I know Ben Jones does that as a center. I would have asked the question of, hey, do you think that shifts shifted to the quarterback when Douglas comes in, but I, I doubt they shifted those decisions to uh, Derrick Henry. In yeah. the, so definitely Douglas was in charge of the the those calls. So for sure. I, I, I mean, it's kudos those, to Henry though. Kudos to Henry for for going and ju- falling on the ball and not trying to pick it up and make a play because that could have been just disaster. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. And so I mean, best of a bad situation right there. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I did find it. Very amusing that they show while Ben Jones is down from getting poked in the eye, uh, they show Tannehill over on the sideline taking practice snaps with Douglas. People are reporting on it. Well, Douglas is already over there getting practice snaps. Well, a lot of good that did. And he got really good at snapping to not only uh, under center, but to a different quarterback. So that's spectacular. (laughs) So I think we can agree that just it was just bad timing for certain things, whether we want to put onus on on whichever part of that. But it definitely was. But the point is, is that I I think that Douglas doesn't start the game out at guard because – that you know he's your primary backup at center. And Ben Jones, I believe, missed every practice during the week and was a late, yeah, he's going to go during the week. So he's dealing with injuries as it is. So you you know you may have to roll Douglas in. I don't think you want to put Douglas, who is your primary backup at center, in at guard. And and, and Brewer probably is doing good enough to that that decision was close, close enough to equal that the risk of losing your backup center to an injury would have put you in, in dire need if Jones then goes out. Now, Jones was able to play the rest of the game past that, so it wasn't that big of an issue. But I think that that is me trying to read into what that decision-making process with. And kudos to the coaching staff for doing that. And Brewer, like we said, 
I thought had a pretty dang good game, especially in the run game. In fact, I think uh, at one point in time, he had a really nice pancake block on it. was just like a four-yard run for Henry, but he and Sombrero, um, Sombrero double team, he, uh, Brewer takes over, and he just plants the dude right on his back. It was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that, you know, the Ravens are missing Brandon Williams and uh, Calais Campbell there on the defensive lines. They don't have their A-listers out there. Titans definitely ain't got their A-listers out there either. So, uh, (laughs) good job. In the battle of the backups, Titans backups definitely stepped up. I know Pro Football Focus was a big fan of Aaron Brewer as well. But major kudos to Ben Jones. You know, you talk about the game-winning touchdown that Derrick Henry runs. He's a guy that's been banged up not only coming into the game, but even during the game, he had some issues, um, had a very clutch block. And you talk about Ben Jones. He's not an athletic freak by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he, he's a, an athletic freak. Like I'm a millionaire. Uh, cool. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Uh, but it's one of those where he gets the job done. We always talk about that. And that play was the epitome of Ben Jones getting the job done. So he manages to reach a nose tackle who is actually shaded to his left shoulder to the play side so, and, yeah in no way shape or form should that happen uh <laughs> but he manages to get there gets the head across and then you know what just takes him down yeah it just that's he just kind of you, do. you don't have to have a pancake just go down i don't want to call it a cut block but that's that's technically what it was but he was shoulder to shoulder with him as they're going down and it wasn't a hold so it was a beautiful job by by ben jones to to influence that block or the defender down on the ground right there at the point of attack and that really made it work and not to mention that Questenberry and Brewer were the two backup offensive linemen that they ran the game-winning touchdown behind. And they did a fantastic job on the front side. So it was Ben Jones, it was Brewers, that entire left side, tight ends. It was everybody chipping in there to, to get that last uh, touchdown in overtime. And Derrick Henry, of course, making the, the great cutback. But you can't make a great cutback unless the backside of the offensive line is also blocking. And Nate Davis did a great job reaching his linebacker and then spinning around on him. So everybody was fantastic on that play. And I look forward to actually one of the, to diagramming that in my article this week, which was in the trenches. Now it's kind of morphing into an all 22 for the offense. So I'll definitely have that in there. Uh, and not, not to mention also that uh, I think Raymond was in on the play and got a backside block as well. The receivers who were coming from the backside were able to get safety blocks and get a hand on there to really make that hole wide open for Henry. So just a great job all the way around, but Kudos especially to the backups to be able to get their blocks and perform and in, 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 in when it's time to shine, you know? Yeah, and I know we're going to talk about the interception here in just a second, but going to the offense, uh, or just staying with the offense, rather, uh, one thing I have really found intriguing was they ran a uh, pretty much a QB sweep to the left with Cam Batson as your, um, as your kind of wildcat yep. QB. Down to the one, I think. Which, it, it, that's actually really good coaching. And I want to give a shout out to that because Cam Batson actually did in the scout team this week played Lamar Jackson, which means they were running a lot of these plays the entire week on scout team, getting the defense ready for facing that Ravens offense. Yeah. But in the Titans offensive coaches managed to take that opportunity of Cam Batson playing quarterback there to put a nice little wrinkle into their offense because, Hey, as a scout team, you, you know, I mean, we've both coached, out teams from time to time and you have to essentially learn an offense very quickly and implement it so even if it's just a couple of key plays their ability to adapt and at least run one play but then not only do that hey let's take this and not just do this for our defense's advantage but let's put a little wrinkle in there and batson comes within a yard of getting into the end zone on that play so that's a nice little wrinkle definitely a shout out to the coaches for that oh for sure and they definitely on that especially on that first drive which is what you're talking about it was it was the player up for the touchdown on the first drive but they also utilized Coach's staff for the Titans, I mean, they also utilized uh, the the Ravens 
kind of what they do on defense against them by also one giving their their tackle some help by some having some chip blocks and then releasing real quick and having an out. There was a play early where Marlon Humphreys comes off of corner blitz and just absolutely blows Derrick Henry up in the backfield for a five-yard loss. They try it again later on where Humphreys is covering Batson. Batson goes into chip and Humphreys just goes. So a little bit of film study there shows you that the Ravens are, have a tendency to do that, that once their guy who's covering, they see their guy is helping and blocking, they go rush the, they go rush the quarterback. Batson just goes out into the flat and kind of on a loop route, and then Tannehill hits him on what I would call, consider a hot read based on how that worked out, and they're able to get the first down. They did it later on with John Smith, too, to help get down towards the goal line right before the Batson play by having him chip and then release out. And then, of course, in the touchdown, John Smith, again, is a play, more of a play-action fake, but he delays his, his blocking long enough to then escape to the backside corner for the touchdown. So, so really good job there by the coaching staff of utilizing and, and doing some game film and, and, and scouting of the, of the Ravens to see how they – bite on the Henry and the run fakes and everything else to, to allow them to have some space to work with the receivers and John Smith. Yeah. I think actually what they were doing is anytime that that receiver would shift into the, um, the tight split, if he's to the single side of the formation, that corner was coming on a blitz. I think they said that the Ravens definitely thought that they had, tell of some sort that whenever that single receiver came in tight um, and it may have just been to the field side I'd have to go back and look at it but the first um, one was to the short side that, they were coming off yeah. the edge to support in that run right. game and that safety was taking that uh, receiver in man-to-man coverage right there so they kind of got away from it and like you kind of talked about how they kind of punished the Ravens for it but the Ravens came into this game very much with a um, game plan similar to what the Patriots did to the Titans in the playoffs they said they were going to sit too high a lot take away the plays that were over the top take away those chunk plays that everybody talks about um and they did an effective job of it early on they were able to get pressure and they uh were able to take away those plays but the Titans did an adjustment. I know Tony Romo even and called it out coming out of halftime is uh, talking about, hey, if they're going to take that away, you got to start executing in the flats, getting the play, getting the ball out there. So the Titans started playing that game of taking more of what the defense is giving them and punishing the Ravens for it. And at that point, that's where those physical freaks that we always talk about that the Titans have assembled um, really came into play. Everybody knows about the AJ Brown play. I'm, I'm not even going to spend, well, yeah, well, spend I, too much there's, time. There's on no it. coaching. Just, just turn on ESPN. Turn on ESPN <laughs> if you want to know about AJ Brown's play. There's no coaching angle there. It's just a heck of a play by AJ Brown to get in the end zone. I think he broke four or five tackles. It was just a, he wanted it more. I saw. I did see some um, talking points out there that people thought that maybe the Ravens just allowed the Titans to score there. Well, that makes no sense given the down and distance and given the, the spot in the game. That there's, it's not one of those situations where they need to get control of the ball and the kickoff and everything back. It just he just made a better play. <laughs> yeah, I would. I wouldn't have hated the call if they had decided to uh, let him score. I, that's, that's fine. But if they were letting him. Score. They did they did equally terrible at that <laughs> as they did of actually yeah. trying to get him down because if you're trying if you're trying to let somebody score you essentially don't touch him you don't give him the opportunity to trip right and get and you know and go down so that, right exactly it, it, it's a nice thought but sorry that I can't believe that somebody's that bad at letting somebody score yeah Even it was it was, it was third and sense, seven but I it was say the effort was not there to let him score it was third and seven as well so I mean it's it's one of those things where the Titans you know need the touchdown. And 
you set up fourth down at that point if you can stop him. So I don't. I just don't understand why letting him score is on the table at that point. But anyway, that's enough about the AJ Brown about a play that we said we weren't going to talk about. So that we, we we talked about a lot of the good on the offense. Let's switch to some of the bad. And we talked about the interception. We talked about you know they had a three and out at one point in time. And this we is, didn't talk about the interception. I want to talk about what they did. That's what I'm getting into. Uh, we talked about oh, the good. Okay. Now we're getting into the negative. So let's talk about the interception. Let's talk about uh, the, some other things about because they did start off hot on offense and there were some good things. But then then. They 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 got to a point to where the Ravens ran this really great stunt, and it's it's they didn't bring more than the Titans could handle. But what they did is they deceived the scheme of the Titans. They lined up their defensive ends on the outside shade of the guards, and they slanted them hard out at the snap of the play. Both guards then go out because they think that's their man because they have an overhang outside linebacker outside of those defensive ends that are the tackle's responsibility at the snap. So it's basically. Center's going to have the nose. Then you've got the guards checking those defensive ends. And once they start to slant out, both guards step out. Now, Nate Davis doesn't step as far out because you can see he still has a hand back to that A gap. Ben Jones and the nose are splitting that A as well. And they both – I think Ben Jones sees the linebacker coming straight up the A gap, and he tries to get over to him, but he can't let the nose guard go because Davis doesn't flip back over. So the tackles end up taking the defensive ends. They drop both outside linebackers. They drop one into the, the path of Tannehill's throw, and that's how the interception happens. But that blitz is coming right up the piper like that. Tannehill makes a split-second throw trying to get rid of it. Great play design by the Ravens. I don't want to call it like a tip of the cap because McNichols also was in there and could have picked up the blitzing backer. He had checked his responsibility, which was off to the left side, and then had started to work back and release and he happened to see the linebacker way too late. So I'm going to put it on both Nichols because he could have had backup there for the offensive line if he would have stuck in there just for a split second longer. But really, running it off Brewer, Brewer not getting back in time, Davis not getting back over to let Jones get over, it was kind of on all four Titans at that point. Yeah, I mean, is that one of those, as the the offensive linemen, I mean, is that one of those where you kind of have to, almost, when the those – you know, interior defensive linemen are slanting outside. Is that one of those where you kind of where you have to let your hands kind of be your eyes? So, yes. you know, you got feels on them, but like, hey, if they just keep going, then I got to find where this Obviously, they're going away. I can't completely ignore them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still need to have those hands on uh, until they're they're picked up. But talk about that. So basically, what, when you're talking about hands for eyes is that you know if they're doing that, you know what possibly, through your breakdowns, you know what possibly could coming. And this is what you know might be happening. So Davis does a better job than Brewer, and you'd expect that over your starter, over your longtime starter, over someone starting their first NFL game. Davis, what he does is he not only gets a hand out to the defensive end and starts to to wash him out to tackle, but he also has his left hand up for the nose because he's protecting that A-side gap, and he's, he's waiting for something – He's waiting for that nose basically to slam to him as well based on what he's what he is feeling. I'll, I'll stick with the theme here. Based on what he's feeling. You can see his head movement as well. If, if, if I track his eyes well enough, he probably just looked away just as Queen starts to come on the blitz and misses it. Otherwise, I think Davis gets back over. But what he's doing is he's taking that hand, and, he's tra- and he, what he's trying to do is feel that defensive end go out. Then he can, at some point in time, feel contact with his tackle on his right elbow or something, some indication, just like how you do a, a twist pickup, to know that he needs to get his eyes and body back over to where he just vacated because something else is going to replace it. That's the thing about defense. Somebody's responsible for gaps and pass rush and run gaps and run fits and everything else. So you have to be mindful of that when you're going through your – your pass sets. And that's what you mean by hands for eyes because you're feeling more than you're looking because you have to look at other things for what's coming. I, I just think Davis, had he had been able to look a split second earlier or later, depending on your your 
perspective, he would have been able to catch it. I think he would have shoved Jones off onto Queen, and they would have picked it up because they've done that all year. They've they've made those kind of pickups on twists and stunts and everything. They just happened to miss it this time. Plus, Saffold's really good at picking those up as well once he sees them late. So I I think that just given your personnel, they took advantage of a, the kind of a right timing, and it was just kind of a perfectly executed stunt by the Ravens to pull Brewer out to open up that gap. Yeah, and you got to wonder, I mean, Tannehill, it, it's kind of a, a perfect storm from the sense of a guy that's really been feeling it over the last, you know, 18 months or so and really been in the zone. Because when you start to do that, you start to really believe that you can just make any kind of throw. So the, those kind of YOLO throws where you right. just kind of throw it up there, the Penn State offense where you just throw <laughs> it up and just give your guys a chance. As right. an Ohio State fan, that one just really strikes me to, right. to the core. Um but that's one of those where uh, he has to really just eat it at that point. Yeah. Don't, don't force the play, but it, it's kind of one of those that you just kind of throw it up there and he makes a, a kind of a amateur mistake by doing that. But Hey, everybody's professionals. That's the thing we always say. Like sometimes the other team just wins a play, let mm-hmm. them win the play and don't compound it with an error. Right. And I see what he's seeing because as it's a split second decision, he sees John who flash across the middle wide open because he's there in the middle of that gap and where he sees, he sees no middle linebacker because they blitz. So that your quarterback always says, well, throw where the blitz just came from usually works out. It's, but it's more, it's better if it's to the outsides. Or, or outside of the tackle box. In the tackle box is dangerous, and this is why it's dangerous, because uh, someone dropped to replace that zone, and the drop came from the defensive line area. And that's why it, was, it came from his right, and he just didn't see it cross his face and, and, and crossed right in front of him as he threw it. Well, because there were so many uh, del- – there was it was almost a delayed blitz coming there. So the whole – the concept of throw where the blitz came from, it, he's correct, but he's late in doing that. Right. So it, it's the right play to go to if it's the hot read, but the time for right. it being a true hot read is gone at that point. And you're talking so. about seconds, like 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 just fractions of seconds. We're not talking about like a, like a lot of time. And that's But that's NFL and that's professional, and that's why those decisions have to be made so quickly like that. Because here's the difference. Because like you're saying, if he had thrown that a half second earlier, it might be a completion. Yep. I mean, but it really does come down. You talk about seconds, just so people know how fast these kinds of things happen. And I know people will, people that listen to these shows, they know they're like, oh, it's a fast game. You need to understand really that concept. I mean, when you talk about what Ben Roethlisberger did when the Titans played the the uh, Steelers, he got the ball out in 2.2 seconds, which is extremely fast. It's impossible to really get there to get to uh, really get home. So they nullified the Titans' already nullified pass rush by right. actually getting the ball out fast. But it hit. You hold it for three seconds, only 0.8 seconds, not even a full second. 0.8 seconds. And that's a completely different ballgame. So when you're talking about being just a little bit late, you're not talking like, oh, well, I was a little bit late for Thanksgiving uh, dinner with the family. No, you're talking like you literally blink and it's too late. I just want to drive that home so people really understand just how quickly that happens. And which is why I always caution, you know, we had talked about how Tua had made the comments about how the NFL was a lot easier than he thought it was. Then all of a sudden uh, he had a bad weakness last week. I mean, the NFL comes at you fast. You cannot be a rookie saying that the NFL is too easy because guess what? If you're going to, if you want to say it's too easy, do it in your second year. Because guess what? Defenses adjust. Yep. D- doing it in your first couple of games, so many times people are in the rookie of the year conversation. And then the second year, guess what? 
things change. Exactly. So not only that interception that we talked about with coming back to the Titans a little bit, but but they did get out of rhythm a little bit as far as some of the run plays weren't working. Uh, they're especially and what was most disappointing about that was the defense, which we'll get to in just a second, did a really good job of, of stopping uh, Baltimore to forcing a field goal after that interception. But then the Titans then go three and out or, or have to punt. It just it just kind of adds to that. Now you're thinking, is this back to the Colts game where the offense just can't get up and, and cover some of these deficiencies the Titans have and really get rolling? So. That was how the first half ended. But then, like we're talking about the second half, they really got rolling. Arthur Smith played, called a fantastic game outside of the, maybe the first drive because they had to punt it there as well. But it was really positive there uh, for the Titans leading in. And, and uh, they were given these opportunities to stay within their game because the defense played so well early. Now, they did give up a couple touchdowns there towards the end of the first half and towards the beginning of the second half. But other than that, defense was really good on the day. They held Lamar Jackson in check. Uh, I don't want to say for the most part. It was definitely they held him in check. It was it was a terrible statistic game for Lamar Jackson. And he had to find other places to get his um, his working with some other players. So the defense as a whole, I thought, had a pretty good day, especially when you consider how they had been playing. Oh, I mean, well, I, look, anytime they play the Ravens, just like I'll say it when they play the Chiefs, football is a game of matchups. So I, the Ravens, in this case, I actually think the Titans we're the better team, um, contrary to one of our uh, partners in crime out there, Braden Gall. I saw him putting it on Twitter that that unquestionably the Ravens were the better team and kept shooting themselves in the foot. I would adamantly disagree with that statement. Um, it's one of those where I, I do think the Titans were actually a better team in this situation, but um, regardless of that, sometimes you just match up with teams. Sometimes right. that the way you are built, and look, Rashawn Evans is not having a great season, in my opinion. He's a liability in pass coverage. He's, he seems to be doing too much thinking. Well, guess what? When you play the Ravens, yes, you have to actually do some reads. You have to actually trust your, and do your job. But for the most part, Rashawn Evans' job against the Ravens is going to be stopping the run. So it takes away some of that thinking concept for him and lets him come forward. I, put it, I, I, think I said it to somebody that – Rashawn Evans would be a perennial perennial all pro if he got to play the Ravens every single game. And that's just because it fits exactly what he does. So John Brown, yes, it is a big loss. And I, I do have some questions about how they're going to move forward without him there, even though he's not having a great season, but you talk about what the Titans are able to do with the athletic safeties that they have, even without Kenny Vaccaro, a Mark, uh, uh, hooker stepping up and making big plays. Josh Kalu had a big uh, gaff at safety where they go to these three safety packages mm-hmm. um, to have that both the ability to stop the run and some athleticism to stop the play action pass. But the Titans just match up well with the Ravens and what they do. They didn't do anything that was drastically different from what they did in the playoffs, which is kind of speaks to Lamar Jackson's ability to adapt. Well, what ability? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And the thing is, Lamar Jackson is great against teams that have built to stop Patrick Mahomes, frankly. Like that, that's those kind of offenses that want to throw the ball all over the place. Lamar Jackson is going to be great because that he is the opposite of what they do. He can make some passes, but he's not going to be consistent. He was late on two deep throws this game. And the Titans, yes, they were beat on those plays, but until Lamar Jackson consistently can hit those plays, and he doesn't because he hits Mark Andrews, but he also misses two in the end zone. Well, guess what? That's the definition of inconsistency. So until he can do that, but the thing is it's it's simple, but it's not easy. You have to have the personnel to actually match up with that and be able to stop their run game. 
Or you just have to hope that the Ravens coaches are too stupid to keep J.K. Dobbins in the game. Yeah, let's talk about that for just a second because that that was both of us. I think you had the tweet first. And I didn't see it, but but we both had t- tweeted or commented at some point in time about how Dobbins was really gashing the Titans, and he was the the running back who was making the big difference. Because I even had in my notes uh, for the game that the Titans are doing a really good job of stopping the traditional runs from the the Ravens. And after that, Dobbins started getting some playing time, and I was like, well, never mind, because he was re- he was having a change of pace. And you and you commented on earlier, and I want to go to you to this uh, for this because he just had a di- something different than the rest of the running backs of what the, the Ravens had to offer. Yeah, he's not he's not fast, but he's very quick. Is probably the best way to describe Dobbins, and that's one of the he, he's deceptively quick with it. And so whenever he's in there, it's one of those we just talked about how quick the game in the NFL is. So even that splits half a second difference in a cut or hitting the hole, that explosion, being able to do that changes how you play the game. And especially when you're having, because look, yes, you're there to stop the run with the Ravens, but if you aren't taking care of, you still have to account for that play action pass. Well, that split second of, Hey, is this a play action pass? with J.K. Dobbins' burst was causing them issues. So, yes, you have to come forward and you have to attack, but Dobbins is hitting those holes so much faster. And with you having to account for Lamar Jackson keeping the ball, that hesitation Dobbins was able to make them pay. But the Ravens have made this living on being this running back by committee. But, again, this is one of those coaches outsmarting themselves. Keep ride your dude. And frankly, yes, you want to save touches. You want to keep guys fresh. But, dude, if you're going to let one dude roll, it's got to be the rookie, right? Because it's the guy that if you can put tread on, if you can run that tread down a little bit, he's got a lot less tread than those other guys that you're holding. So uh, you ride him, and maybe that's a different game because the Titans would have had to have adjusted. And if they had adjusted to Dobbins, that would have opened things up for Lamar Jackson. It sure would have, and it didn't. It didn't get to that point. But of course, the way the Titans were playing on defense, they weren't really allowing Jackson to do much. Just how they were compressing everything and daring him to make make plays on the outside with his throws. It just it just didn't happen because, like you stated, Jackson's very inconsistent and he can't consistently make those plays. If you think about the, the big plays that he hit, were down the field, on the sideline, way outside, or in the middle of the field, like we like you described earlier that on the play that clue had kind of the misread on. So it was one of those things where they were very much allowing Jackson to make his mistakes and he did. And kudos to the defense for staying within their game and, and playing that also kudos to them in overtime. Cause that game could have been over after the first possession Ravens to get it first, but they came up with a stop and allowed the Titans offense to take over. And the Titans, of course, you know how that ended. We already did the diagram that play in detail. So it was just, it was just kind of an all around good effort from the Titans on the day. And, to me, the way that the offense kind of sputtered there in the middle of the game, the defense also kind of sputtered as well. But because the defense allowed the or kept the Ravens out of the end zone early, it allowed the Titans to kind of have those mistakes and work on them, and then kind of pick back up and still be in the game. So kudos to the defense. Like usually, we're we've been saying what offense picked up the defense or the offense was able to outpace somebody because in spite of the defense or something like that wasn't the case. I thought it was very balanced between both. Special teams had a good day. Let's not let's not forget to mention that the coaching decision to stick with Gostkowski kind of pays off a little bit, I guess, because he did make his kicks. I mean, still some 
I'm sure we're back in the same emotional mind frame the next time. He, he made a bunch of kicks that he's supposed to make. Right, but he hadn't been making kicks he was supposed to make. So yeah, I don't. I don't give. Uh, I don't. I'm sorry. There's no credit to be given here to making under four. <laughs> Fair enough. But I, I, I'm here to knock you if you don't do your job. Like if had he been hitting, you know, fifty plus, three fifty plus yarders in this game, yeah, you know, multiple, you know. Oh, I have, I have no doubt he would have hit those. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a long-range old kicker. <laughs> exactly. Makes no sense at all. Well, at least let me say this. Congratulations for doing your job. Fine? <laughs> Do your job. Do your job. The Patriot way. Exactly. So, all in all, Titans, good effort on all aspects of the game. Uh, the fake punt, obviously, I don't know if we, we didn't hit on that too much, but, but good job there calling that Logan Woodside with an absolute dime <laughs> yeah, let me let me hit on that just real quickly sure. and why I actually think that's successful. It wasn't necessarily I mean, yes, they executed, but execution, no matter what you do coaching wise, if you don't execute, it's you know, sorry you lose in the NFL. But the reason that's successful and they, they've had another I think it was in the Chiefs playoff game where they ran one. If half the stadium is saying Watch out for the fake. Watch out for the fake. It's a bad fake call. Because guess what? The whole element of fake, it needs to be an element of surprise. Otherwise, run your offense out there to try and get the first down. That one was a good fake. It's a tight ball game. It wasn't where they were truly desperate to gain, to get points where they had to get in there like they were in the Chiefs game. Uh, So that's one of those where that was a good fake because the element of surprise is still in there. Otherwise, like I said, there is literally no point unless you have something on on tape like they did against the Texans last year when they had to manufacture two years ago when they had to manufacture points with the uh, fake that they that fired through up to Crickshank. That was a thing on tape where they had to tell. Uh, so that's where it's okay because you can get an advantage. But outside of that, yeah, you have to have the element of surprise. So kudos again to that. That was a good timed fake. Yep. Last thing I want to talk about the the game, just because it's been kind of a hot topic on Twitter, and it does have to do with the coaching decision, is the decision not to play Isaiah Wilson the first round pick uh, offensive tackle, and to keep this short and sweet because I think it's a real simple explanation. He's just not ready. He's just not ready to play yet. So I tend to agree with that, but at the same time, the the, the weird thing about it is I think he is true and true a right tackle. So their issues have been at the left side. So are you going to move Dennis Kelly over to, I don't know. Dennis Kelly is not a great left tackle either. That was proven in his time there. So if Dennis Kelly gets hurt and they don't trot out Isaiah Wilson, I'm more concerned. Sure. Otherwise I'm not nearly as concerned as some people are because, Oh, they're not finding a way for Isaiah. Isaiah Wilson was never going to be a left tackle. He is never going to be a left tackle. No, he wasn't so, drafted. He wasn't drafted to be, he was also drafted as a little bit of project. And I think someone else said this, but I'm going to steal it. He was, he he was, it might've been you. He was drafted as a, as a project that you've had like six days to work on. Yeah. Maybe. And so uh, I, I don't know everybody's talking about, because they're, they're talking about bringing Marshall Newhouse and they had uh Questenberry going in there and it's yeah, but those guys have been practicing at left tackle. Isaiah Wilson is true and true a right tackle. So if you want to say they should have moved Dennis Kelly over and then put Isaiah Wilson in, well, the one place you have had, consistency on that offensive line is the right side right so i I honestly think that probably and maybe isaiah wilson is complete trash that may i I don't know i'm not at there at practices that may be true i can't imagine he is that terribly bad that you would actively not play him in any situation whatsoever unless he is that bad i almost think there's more to it of just having some 
consistency on that offensive line, and that's the right side of the offensive line. Don't mess with it. I would agree with that completely, and that, and that's why also you don't make the switch in the middle of the game because going from right tackle to left tackle for Dennis Kelly, so now you've got an inexperienced guy that you're not really sure about at right tackle, and then asking your right tackle, who's been doing very well, to now switch his brain side. And I'm sorry, it's not the same. It's a different leg. It's a different arm placement. It's a different shoulder. It's completely different. The plays are the same. The overall techniques are the same, sure. But you're now asking yourself to flip the mirror. And I don't know about anyone else out there. I'm not very ambidextrous. I'm primarily right-handed when it comes to stuff. So if I've been throwing with a, a baseball with my right hand my entire life, and all of a sudden someone tells me to throw a football with my left hand for 50-yard completion, can't do it. And that thing's not going to go 15, 15 yards. I'm sorry. It's just it's that, and that's kind of this, the 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 deal we're dealing with here. So that's our thoughts on this the game with the Ravens. Moving to this week, which, like we said beforehand, it is Turkey Week. It is Thanksgiving. So where it may not be a short week for the Titans, there's a lot of distractions going on. It's a holiday week. And there's a lot of stuff going on. You also have a matchup with not only a familiar South foe, but one you just saw. With two within the last two weeks, so there's a lot of familiarity there, not only by being a South opponent, but you just played them, and I, it, you pretty fresh off of your mistakes to learn from all those kind of things. But given that there's a holiday, what you tend to say in the, when there's distractions, you want to kind of stick to basics, right? But in this case, you're playing a team for the second time. Time for wrinkles would be ideal because they just saw you. You don't want to stick to what you just did because that's too predictable, correct? I mean, like, so how do you approach this as a coaching staff in this kind of a week? Yeah, this may be the one week where uh, coaches are kind of thankful for COVID. I don't don't want to make it so uh, very dramatic, and I don't want to downplay it. COVID is serious, but at the same time, uh, what I mean is, you know, people, People aren't going out and traveling to go see family. People aren't trying to get these big get-togethers together. So of of Thanksgiving, it's all relative. There's still going to be some sure. some distractions. There are less distractions this week than there typically are uh, for Thanksgiving. So uh, as far as this week goes, it's one of those, look, the, the statistician in me says, look, the Colts are due. It's hard to go Titans, Green Bay, and then Titans. That is a hell of a run if the Colts are able to pull it off. Titans, though, look, you got to be worried with the injury starting to mount up. Like, it's one of those that the offensive line, you're losing your other inside linebacker, even though he hasn't been playing well. Can you get David Long back off the uh, COVID list and get him in there? Although, you know, Will Compton played very well and hope that he continues to uh, continues to play well. Yeah, there's a reason well. that he was play he was unemployed for so long, and so it, it's a it's a tough position to be coming off a game where the Colts dominated in the run game, and then what are you going to do about Michael Pittman? Right, yeah, Michael Pittman exactly, and then also just to touch on the linebackers coming off of the the culture to take advantage of your linebackers last time, and the fact that you're now to your backup linebacker, I'm just a little worried about that matchup as well, and then Pittman who's just, I mean. The talent has been there, but he's really had his coming out party. And unfortunately, along that coming out party was the game against the Titans. So what do you do? I mean, obviously you've had, I don't even want to say anyone's going to be back because until they're back, I mean, at this point in time, I'm not even sure if Adore Jackson's on the team. I'm joking. I know he's still on the team, but it's just, it's just, I'm not sure when he'll be back. If ever, we'll see. Rion Borders has not been playing bad at corner. You've got King 
there that can help out. So it just really depends because they like to play Pittman not just as your traditional receiver, but run him out of some some, some slot and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of guys are going to have to chip in to stop this weapon. So it's no longer T.Y. Hilton for the Colts. That's the main thing you've got to worry about. Now it's looking like it may be Pittman and then the tight ends, of course, that you've got to kind of take away. But add on to that, the running backs and how they like to attack the flats. It's just going to be kind of a – it's going to have to be an all-around effort. I said a ton of names there, but that's what it's going to take. It's going to have to take everybody sticking to their assignments and really carrying things through their zones and, and being very proactive on coverage to try to, to combat some of this. Yeah, I thought that Derrick Henry was able to run the ball pretty well in the last game. Uh, I think that the defense was just so porous that they kind of got away from it. And so they had to get away from it. Right. So I think if you can get back into this game, Derrick Henry still has an opportunity. Um, that right side of the offensive line, if you can get some sort of consistency out of Aside, depending on who is going to be playing there, whether it's Quest and Mary or they bring somebody in off the streets, I would imagine to play this week they would have been signed uh, today. So for that not to happen, it's probably going to be Quest and Mary. I think so too. Uh, yeah. Say what? I said I think so too. Yeah, Quest and Mary. Yeah, he's just the easy answer there. And it, and again, if they if they do something like they they take a week and switch Kelly over there, I'll be I'll be shocked. I will be a hundred percent shocked to do that just to get Wilson in. I don't I don't think the only, the only way you see Wilson is if Kelly goes down. And please don't let that happen because Kelly and Davis have been working really well on that right side. Well, and it would it, and like I said earlier, it's just you want some semblance of consistency. A hundred percent. So, and, and also, also you don't want a blocked kick <laughs> and a shank and then a blocked kick on back-to-back possessions. Exactly. You, you avoid those guns. <laughs> outside of the first couple of drives for the Titans, uh, everything went wrong that could go wrong. And we, it, football is a game of ebbs and flows and everything just kind of went against the Titans. Um, and the Colts, don't get me wrong. I know it's lots of Colts fans out there. Oh, you're making excuses. Not excuses. It's just the nature of the business. But Colts were absolutely the better team uh, a couple weeks ago. That doesn't mean that a couple plays that don't change that game. The Colts sure. changed their game plan down 14. That That's just true. If there's not a holding penalty on a long run, that things change on that. And Sure. If, so. the, if Colts don't go to end, get in, I get it, I get it. But they also, the Colts were very successful and they were the better team because they forced the Titans to do something that they don't like to do. And they don't like to be that team that has to throw as much and to play catch up like that. The, the, the Titans very much want to be within striking distance and be able to utilize Derrick Henry in the run game as well. And especially against yeah. the Colts who can give up a little bit in the run game sometimes. Yeah, you cannot be taking something away from the Colts by saying that the Titans probably win that game if A.J. Brown doesn't drop that pass. That's just that is just the nature of the thing. The Colts are a good team and took advantage of the mistakes that the Titans made. That doesn't mean the Titans didn't make unforced errors, and they definitely did. If you can clean those up, it's a much tighter game. Green Bay made unforced errors. Fumbles are unforced errors. I'm sorry, you can come in there. You may be a great forced fumble team. You may be Peanut Tillman at 11 different positions. Guess what? You can still you still should hold on to the ball. So it's one of those that the Colts have taken advantage, and that's what good teams do. Bad teams, team, lots of teams will give you the opportunity to win. Bad teams don't take advantage of it. The Colts are a good team. That's not taking anything away from the Colts to say that they will have that they can be beaten. So the Titans have to come in, and I don't think they have to do a ton different. The only thing I would do defensively is that Rivers is not he's not trying to throw the ball deep a lot. And because of that, I'm not letting the Colts just abuse the linebackers again. So I'm going to get the safeties involved and creep them up. And I'm going to dare Rivers to beat you over the top. The, the uh, Colts don't have a ton of speed. 
they are, but Rivers is deadly accurate. So I'm going to take away those first reads, and I'm going to make him actually have to throw it deep if he wants to beat us. And if he does, kudos to him. Because, look, they are a good team, but I'm not letting him beat with the run game and the things underneath the way that they beat you the, the couple weeks ago. Right. He's, he's the best accurate shot putter I've ever seen in my life. I just I, I still don't understand how he completes the passes he does, and kudos to him. I'm not knocking it because – Get things done, you get them done, and he and he definitely does that. So that's a that's a good way to put it on the defense. I think offensively, just from my standpoint, just be who you are on offense for the Titans. And what I mean by that is that get Henry going. Don't give up on the run because as you saw this last week versus the Ravens, that Henry sometimes is effective late in games. But you have to be able to be able to beat the run, the defense down, the run game down, and to, and live with those three and four yard r- and runs and go, okay, successful play. What you can't do is have a ton of negative five plays or, or, or tackled for no loss or two incompletions back-to-back and those kind of things. So they have to find this balance again, similar to the balance that, that Art Smith found in that about five minutes into the second half on and really be able to lean into that. And, of course, your receivers have to make the catches, but I think that you saw the offense kind of returning back to their confident ways. Tannehill returning to his con- and kudos to, to Tannehill for not going back in his shell because if y'all saw the the Atlanta Falcons game this weekend, Matt Ryan retreated hardcore into his shell. He took eight sacks. He had wanted nothing to do with that defense and trying to stick in the pocket and complete passes. I mean that's what shell shock can look. And if you if you have to go back even further, there's the other quarterbacks in Titans history that could get shell shocked at times against the Ravens. So kudos to, to Tannehill for giving up the mistake and coming back. And I think that. That kind of woke some things up in him possibly as well uh, to come back around. So I expect good Tannehill back in this game as well. Because if both teams can be even playing field, even mistakes, like what I mean is that neither one's giving too much advantage to the other team, I think the Titans can come out on top just based on how they're built. It's still going to be a tight game, and I still expect like a last-minute score to, to decide this thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it could – Talk about that first Colts matchup. It's one of those where if you're Craig Ackerman in special teams, look, you don't have to go win the game on special teams. Just don't lose but it. it. Exactly. Do not lose the game. And that's what they did a couple weeks ago. Be a team that just executes on special teams. Now, can you get Brett Kern back? That I, People may, may have been that guy that um, people took for granted even though people would talk about how good Brett Kern is, you may not really understand just how different it is when he's not here. Um, So if they can get him back, if he can catch the snap and get the ball off, that is a major weapon for the Titans. And think about how different that game is without a 17-yard punt and the block punt. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully it's a clean game. Um, I don't know if you want to put a score prediction on it, but I'm going to go – just because I, I, I'm I'm back on the Titans train, I guess. I'm going to go Titans uh, 27, Colts 24. I will go, and maybe it's because I've watched this team for too long and I refuse to believe that they're different. I am going to go 27-23 Colts. All right, yeah. And as our uh, compatriot, uh, Zach Lyons, pointed out, be prepared. He said this two weeks ago. Be prepared for the Titans to look good against the Ravens and then get blown up by the Colts. We're all on the same page, right? So hopefully it's not going to be that. We'll, we'll see what happens in the game. But in closing, this has been the Coach's Corner, part of Broadway Sports Network, partner with 440 Sports. Remember to be sure and check out all of our other podcasts, articles, and breakdowns that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTM. Make sure you're following Jonathan at JB on Broad, me at Ryan on Broadway, and the show at Coaches on Broad. Be sure to subscribe and rate five stars before closing out the app. But until next time, Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm not saying we out yet because I...
If we're going to be on on half live at halftime, if you're still listening to this pod, I hope that you are already watching us, but we go live every single week for every game. So make sure you're checking us out live. You can see Ryan's actual face and his sweet hat that he has there. Uh, and he can make fun of my beard or lack thereof or inability to grow one. I can actually grow a beard, but he likes to talk trash. I'll grow one out just to talk, just to spite him. So check us out also live halftime breakdowns, halftime thoughts, every single Titans game. And maybe on the roundup afterwards as well. We out. See ya.